The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, this is Maureen Metcalf, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host for today and the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations identifying the trends that will most likely disrupt their businesses and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on helping leaders innovate how they lead and transform their organizations. I'm also an adjunct faculty member at universities in the U.S. and Germany. I am absolutely delighted to have Barb Marks Hubbard and Mark Gaffney join us today. Here's a quote from Buckminster Fuller about Barbara. There's no doubt in my mind that Barbara Marks Hubbard, who helped introduce the concept of futurism to society, is the best informed human now alive regarding futurism and the foresights it has produced. At her heart, Barbara Marks Hubbard is a visionary and a social innovator. She is an evolutionary thinker who believes global change happens when we work collectively and selflessly for the greater good. She realizes that the lessons evolution teach us, that problems are evolutionary drivers and crises precede transformation, giving a new responding to our global situations. And Dr. Mark Gaffney is a visionary thinker, social activist, passionate philosopher, and author of 10 books, including the award-winning Unique Self, The the Radical Path to Personal Enlightenment. He holds his doctorate in philosophy from Oxford University. He's been a guest editor for the Journal of Integral Theory and Practice on issues of integral spirituality and also a faculty member at JFK University. He is the co-founder, together with a stellar group of thought leaders and social innovators, of the Center for Integral Wisdom, a leading activist think tank dedicated to articulating a practical uh, politics of love and catalyzing of emergent personal and global visions of ethics, ethos, and meaning. Barbara Marks Hubbard serves as the co-chair of this center. So, So this show, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, is really designed for us as leaders to help metabolize the rate of change we are currently facing and give us skills to take away to practice on a regular basis so that we stay current as the environment around us changes. And this interview today, I think, is really important. Barbara's going to talk from a board perspective and Mark from the perspective of the CEO and executive director at the Center for Integral Wisdom about cyberbullying. 
So one of the most dangerous problems we face in the world today is extremism on the behalf of belief. In many cases, extremists convince themselves that another faith or political system or individual or organization is evil and that they're justified in destroying them by any means necessary. During this conversation, we'll talk to Mark and Barbara about this problem and how the Center for Integral Wisdom addressed it when it was being targeted by a smear campaign. While the campaign and the fallout were amazingly difficult, both both Mark and Barbara learned and grew themselves and their organizations. For me, this is a story of personal resilience and how they used a crisis to proceed transformation. They're required to model the concepts that they teach in a very personal way, and so during this interview, they're going to share a little bit about that. So welcome, welcome, Barbara and Mark both. Let's start with give me the very short version of the smear campaign. What happened? I mean, the, 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 very, the very simple fact, you know, um, and without talking about individual people, is that um, there was an organized effort, right, to attack myself and, you know, and all the people that were involved with the center supporting me based on a kind of false recounting of, of facts. You know, in other words, they basically took false information that had never been subject to any kind of fact-checking, right, and, and essentially posted it all over the Internet, you know, in, you know, highly you know, distorted and, you know, in wrong ways. And that's essentially what happened. You know, and it was an organized effort. It wasn't spontaneous. It was made to look spontaneous. And, you know, what we basically said was is that we're always willing, you know, to talk to anyone, as I've always been, you know, my entire life, you know, about any, you know, issue, right, in an appropriate, you know, mediated context where we actually check facts, check information, Right, we, we we check evidence, we check you know relationships between people, and then from that place, you know, we look right for healing, for transformation, for for elevation, you know. And today, you know, it's all too easy, right, to bypass those structures using the internet. Right, the internet is a, is a forum, right, in which you know leaders are are easily made vulnerable because, of course, the the, the greatest tactic of a smear campaign. It is the big lie, right? And the biggest lie is where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And and on the Internet, it's very, very easy, right, to, you know, essentially use the tactic of where there's smoke, there's fire, right, to avoid face-to-face conversation, right, to avoid fact-checking, to avoid gathering information in a way that has integrity, and to avoid also transformation, right, to avoid healing, right? And so, so it's a particular issue in terms of leadership, Right? How does leadership actually, you know, allow itself, right, to be appropriate, right? Not the old world of leadership where leadership wasn't subject to critique. Leadership should be subject to critique, right? There was kind of a level one in which, you know, you couldn't critique leaders because either you had the Pope or the monarch, you know, step one, that was level one in pre-modernity, right? Or in modernity, you had democracy, but you had no real way to actually voice your issues. If you had issues, that was level two. So level three, right, that, you know, in the kind of postmodern era, right, you actually have, you know, postmodernism comes together with, the, uh, with social media, 
and in this very unique blend, and people are actually able to voice right their critique, which is fantastic. That's the good news. But what's happened now is, is that that critique, whatever it is, right, isn't subject to verification, to cross-examination, right? And it's very, very easy to actually weaponize my personal story, right, and to actually use the Internet as a forum for that kind of weaponization, right? and to use the Internet as a forum for creating, you know, a kind of lynch mob energy. Use the form, Internet as a forum for spreading fake facts, which has become, you know, a dominant part of our political landscape. And so in order to stand for the evolution of love and public culture, we're saying, wow, right? We will always, as we think everyone should always engage any issue, we'll always engage it with an open heart. We'll always engage it with proper information gathering, with proper fact-checking, with humility. We'll always seek healing and transformation. But, you know, with an appropriate context of verification, right, fact-checking, you know, um, discernment, right? And that's needed right, to protect the very institution of leadership in society today. And this is exactly what we're seeing then in the political sphere with the fake news. It seems prevalent across our society and more more visible right now. But what you're pointing to has been available for at least a few years. Right, right. Now, this has been happening, right, and there's been a gradual encroachment, you know, on the dignity of personal story, you know, on the dignity of fact-checking, on the dignity of a culture of compassion based on, you know, Barack Obama in his exit speech, you know, as, you know, president, right, talked about his exit interview, but if we don't have a recourse to checking actual facts, and actual Mm -hmm. facts are different than feeling facts, actual facts aren't feeling facts, right, it's not just how I feel, that the actual facts have to actually be at play. If we don't have a recourse to that common base of conversation, then we lose the core structure of a democratic society. And Barbara has talked about this a lot in very beautiful ways. So, Barbara, why don't you jump in and share your experience? <clears throat> well, yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I, as a member of what we've been calling an evolutionary community here, that's a very large spread out community of people interested in positive change. I was disappointed to begin with that our community, in the face of the cyber attack against Mark, did not respond, did not say, well, let's have mediated dialogue. Let's use our intelligence for compassionate listening to come to a truly um, viable and based on what's actually true, with, an, with a tendency toward healing. That's our entire evolutionary community's rationale for being. Mm-hmm. They did not do it. They were easily, people were easily swayed by information that was fed to them as part of the cyber attack. They did not check it out. And the result of this began to be very serious a destruction for Mark. So I, as his partner and colleague, then said, well, Barbara, what is your role in this? And when I asked the universe, the universe said, Barbara, this is your work. If you're interested in conscious evolution, and here is a new mode of avoiding democracy, cyber attack, with no fact-checking and no justice involved 
at all. You better step forward regardless of the fact that you're not even personally involved. The only reason also that I am doing it is, one, to get our, our community and that's a, the, ex, the expanded community of well-meaning people around our country and world to take very seriously this kind of attack and insist on democratic process, insist on due process, insist on mediated dialogue, on fact-checking, insist on compassionate listening, insist on social intent of healing. That's, if there's any good community in, in, in the country, it's supposed to be this community. So I've become a stand for that. And I've learned a lot in working with it uh, of, of the ins and outs of this type of attack. And it reminds me in the McCarthy era mm. of people who were destroyed their life because it was said they had some relationship to communism which they didn't often have anything. So Mark, you can say anything on the Internet about a person like Mark. Obscene, ridiculous comments about him are made. Articles are written in an in a orchestrated cyber attack under the surface that has not been brought to the surface. And... Uh, some real democracy here, I think it would be a really good idea to bring to the surface those who are, are a victim, who are the abusers. Who are the abusers here? They're the people who are organizing a subversive hidden attack. And I am taking a stand for democracy, for fairness, and for greater compassion and love in politics. Yeah, the attack went... It was on Mark, and yet it expanded, I think, to you. It, it impacted me in that we share a publisher, and uh, there were threats against our publisher that they um, they wanted to shut the publisher down because he published Mark's work. Um, there were threats on board members. Um, I was published, or I was editing the Unique Self book, and I know I had one person uh, pull their article or their paper, because they were afraid right. of the retribution, again, from people who didn't know the story. And, and again, I just I keep going back to what's happening right now in our political system. We're all up in arms about things that, in some cases, I don't even know how to know what's true anymore. And right. instead of seeking dialogue, we immediately pounce. We, we immediately pounce at Exactly right. We do, and go ahead, Mark. No, 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 please, please, Barbara. I, I think you know, please. I think what you said was so, so important. And Maureen, what you're pointing to is, is is so important. And I just want to pick up, you know, Barbara, one sentence that Maureen said, which is, you know, I don't even know what's true. I don't even know how to know what's true anymore, right? And that, that's, I think, the core of it. I mean, someone like you, Maureen, who is, you know, I mean, you've published many books. You're a you know, you know, a, a, a business consultant on the leading edge of, you know, innovation. You know, you've worked with, you know, so many Fortune 500 clients, et cetera, right? And how could it be that, you know, someone of your level of intelligence and access to information, right, can't actually discern what's true? And, in fact, that's exactly what's happening. In other words, what's happening is, if we kind of trace it for a second, you know, initially we had a bunch of big newspapers, and those big newspapers were controlled by, you know, a bunch of families, and those families knew each other, 
right? And they pretty much controlled the flow of information. So that was kind of level one. You know, that level one was kind of level one in democracy. We're not talking about pre-democracy in the pre-modern period. I'm talking about in the modern period. Right? Then what happened is, you know, we had this great desire, right, to move beyond that. Right? And the Internet held this kind of utopian vision that we're going to have actually information available from many multiple sources, and it will no longer be controlled right, by a single funnel. And as such, people have more access to truth, right, more access to facts, right, more ability to be full citizens, right, you know, you know, in, you know, a thriving democracy. And actually, that's not what happened. What happened is we ran into information overwhelm. First up, just an overwhelm, a glut of information, which you'd have to spend 24 hours a day reading and you wouldn't get to, you know, even the beginning mm-hmm. of it. Number two, you know, we got to right, a complete inability to discern between what's true and what isn't true, right? So you have, you know, 30 million people in America who believe that Hillary Clinton was responsible for killing Vince Foster, right, who was the <laughs> White House counsel. But that's actually yeah. true. Like, we, but he, we, didn't, we kill laugh him, at he it. didn't kill Anthony Weiner. Right, 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 right. I'm saying that's we, 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 right. It's just it's so complex, exactly, right. But you know, but we, we kind of to us, it's kind of absurd. But tens right. and tens of millions of Americans, right. And you can go to websites today, or you can click right now and put in Hillary Clinton, Vince Foster, and you will get to very, very well written websites, which seem mm-hmm. to be well argued and credible right now, right, right now in this very second. Right, which actually provide that information and appear to provide documentation for it. Now, you've got to be able to be a discerning reader to find your way through that. So what do we do? Right? We need to actually create new hierarchies of discernment, right? new abilities to vet information, or we basically come to a situation where a powerful citizen like Maureen Metcalf can actually say, I'm not even sure how to find out what's true anymore. Right? That's the end of democracy. So it's such a critical issue. So let's take a break right here and then come back and pick up with the end of democracy and also what do we do as leaders? Because I really want to provide not just concern, which we certainly have, but also some tools and some ideas for what individual citizens and leaders can do to address this, and heaven forbid, because it's going to happen to other people. I mean, it certainly happened to Hillary Clinton. As a public figure, Mark, it happened to you, and who knows which of our listeners are, are going to be um, subjected to this next. Back to the McCarthy era example. And so we need to be thinking, I think, proactively from a risk management perspective, not to incite more fear, but to think about how do we mm-hmm. ensure our safety. Yeah, we're going to go on break. We will be right back with Barbara and Mark. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. 
As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We're with Barbara Marks Hubbard and Mark Gaffney. And we're talking about how do you even know what is real anymore with this whole fake news, cyberbullying attacks, and how do each of us, one, take, take responsibility for what we spread? Stop you know, sharing Marie, I want to on Facebook. Thing on oh, that, go ahead. My own experience that this could apply to, to any citizen is not only was Mark attacked without mediated dialogue, but those who supported Mark, like myself, were attacked and undermined in our professions. Uh, my daughter was called. My board members were called. People who invited me to speak were called and saying, do not invite Barbara. So what happens in a smear campaign, which is even worse than just false information, is a smear campaign goes out to destroy anybody who supports the person who's being attacked. So what has to happen, and this is what I've been working toward, is to rally the people and have actually not only mediated dialogue about the person who's attacked, the people who are responding casually, oh, well, I'll put my name, I'll sign a petition, I will go ahead with it because I don't really know. You don't want to ever do that again. I say to people, you've got to really know. Mm-hmm. You cannot a yes like this and put your name to something to support somebody else's uh, destruction like this. So it's a sense of responsibility of the individual not to take information at face value. And we have to have leadership right there when Mm -hmm. this happens to say to each other, no, you're not going to be an evolutionary jihad trying to kill somebody (laughs) like this. And we have, I'm taking leadership. I'm an 87-year-old uh, evolutionary. <laughs> well, the last thing I thought I would be doing is this, and to see this as the major part of my work, but I'm calling all my associates to stand up 
and find out what they know is truth. There's real fact-checking on Mark Gaffney, who is Mark Gaffney, the evolution of public culture, and other websites that we have put together. I'm demanding that people check the facts themselves before they condemn or exclude anybody. You know, I think we're, we're having two conversations, and I think both are amazingly helpful. One is just the foundational, we as citizens, the, the foundation of democracy, as both of you have said, is being well, having a well-informed citizenry. And we would think with the Internet that that is more likely, and yet sifting through the um, detritus for, or whatever, the, the crap, uh, it right. has become complicated. And so we are all almost ethically bound as citizens if we want to continue to be a, a free democracy to do our homework. And then there's the second, which is Barbara and Mark specifically and the Center for Integral Wisdom and how you responded as the CEO and the board uh, co-chair to ensure that this important organization continues its work. And, and because an individual or a group of individuals who have a personal issue are trying to shut it down, and that seems illegal and frightening to me that a a couple of people can make that impact. Yeah, no, I I, I think that you know, I mean, there's there's a couple of separate issues here. You know, one is you know sometimes there's no choice but to lawyer up. You know, mm-hmm. which is you know which we've done. You know, and okay. we've 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 prepared you know, possibilities, right, of lawsuits, right? You know, we, we don't want to have to file them, right? But, you know, if there's no choice, right, then, you know, we certainly will, right? You know, number one. You know, number two, right, you know, we've offered mediated dialogue, you know, directly or indirectly, right? In other words, uh, you know, there's, you know, there is, there are possibilities for mediated dialogue in the space. Some of them are independent of us have been organized, you know, in, in independent, you know, actions that are not part of the center and are completely independent of the center. Um, but, you know, there are spaces that could be had, you know, that are available, you know, and we've said in any number of public statements that we're always available for mediated dialogue, you know, um, which, is, which is critical. You know, I think the, the other piece that we can do is, right, is education. You know, in other words, education is, and the center's really taken this on. You know, we've kind of decided to turn fate into destiny. And, you know, the center's major commitment is to evolve the source code of public culture and to actually be able to tell a new universe story, which is, you know, post-postmodern. It's after the postmodern deconstruction of meaning and to really reclaim meaning and reclaim what it might mean to participate in the evolution of love. What's a new vision of relationship, a new vision of, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, a new vision of, how organizations develop a new visions of collective intelligence, which are critical, et cetera. So we, we, that, that's really our major focus. And, and really to, to really understand what happened in the last election is that there wasn't actually a compelling vision of duty, honor, delight, right, to invite people into. And so the only vision available was, in many ways, a regressive vision. Mm-hmm. We clearly need a new vision, but we've also learned that there are ways that people can actually understand certain basic structures, Marine, which allow people to find their way. So I'll just give you, you know, one of them in a second. One of them is called the victim triangle. It's a basic idea in psychology, and it's a really simple idea. 
right? When you look, you think that there are perpetrators, there are victims, and there are rescuers. That's the triangle in every situation. Mm-hmm. But once you get the victim triangle, you realize, oh, wow, sometimes perpetrators disguise themselves as rescuers or disguise themselves as victims. Just getting that allows a person to look at a situation more clearly. Right? Let me check. Who's really the perpetrator? Who's really the victim? Who's really the rescuer? So, in other words, just understanding basic structures, right, really, really help for people. And we need to put into public culture basic tools of discernment so we actually begin to learn how to read. Does that make sense? It, let me restate it and, and tell me Please. if I got it right. So, part of it is the victim triangle. So, there's a victim, there's a perpetrator, and there's a rescuer. And yet, again, our media, I, I don't want to get into politics, but some of the fake news, clearly there are examples of people who are portrayed as victims in fake events. There were no victims. There was no event. So there are or, a range, a distorted, or a distorted event. Or a highly okay. distorted event. Yeah. yeah. So there are a range of situations which, again, I read the news. I think I'm reading credible sources, and yet the story I'm getting is, is distorted, and in some cases intentionally so by somewhere in the, the stream, and then I'm assuming goodwill on the part of credible, credible media outlets, but they may also be deceived in this process. Right, right, that's exactly right. And so for the first time, you have a kind of, you know, as you said so beautifully, Maureen, you actually have a kind of ethical, moral, spiritual obligation to actually bracket judgment until you've done some real research, right, which is, which is a big deal. Right? It's a big deal, and it's, we actually need to become, in order to actually move forward, we need actually an active citizenry. We need sacred activism. We need people to realize that actually in the Internet era, in the tweet era, right, in the social media era, we actually have the ability to participate in an actual participatory democracy of the kind that never existed before. And we actually need to create, you know, the self-organizing universe we say in evolutionary science. We need to create unique self-symphonies where people are actually participating together, giving their gifts, checking information, finding trustable sources, right, and actually impacting. We can no longer rely on a kind of top-down, the newspaper says, the paper of record says. We need to actually step yeah. up. We're being called, yeah, Barbara. Well, you know what? What's really coming clear to me, Mark and Maureen, is a, a new movement of political activism, social activism, evolutionary spiritual activism is rising on this earth, and the win-lose political structure has not facilitated the evolution of our species recently, even though it was a great advance over monarchy for sure. And so what I see evolving here, in, particularly around this issue, but other issues as well, dealing with all the crises, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals that the United Nations has agreed upon, none of these goals can be handled by the old structures. And so what's happening is people like Mark and myself by the thousands are integrating themselves into a more comprehensive social system of connectivity, of truthfulness, of vision of a possible future, 
thus and most important of realizing each person's potential to do their work in the world in such a way that they can be effective and fulfilled. So I believe we are at the threshold of a new movement here and that this particular issue, Mark, that has hit you because you're such an advocate of the new movement, and so am I, that not only are we defending our current democracy, but we find ourselves as evolving our current democracy toward a social system that is far more capable of dealing with the current situation. So I'd like to look at it that way. I like that perspective, Barbara, that that we're actually transforming the current system using pulling the good forward and creating solutions and new approaches that address what, as we have become a more complex society, we see that how we had democracy in the past uh, just needs to be updated. So kind of you're talking about updating the source code. Updating the source code toward a more synergistic democracy, if I can coin a phrase, instead of win-lose voting, which was a great advance over killing each other, the (laughs) synergistic democracy, what it does is looks for common goals and how to match needs with resources for more creativity and more synergy to be developed in society. And what I'm finding with Mark and the work of the Center for Integral Wisdom is that wherever that happens, new life, new uh, joy, new creativity, new friendships are being formed all over our communities. And so in our teaching and in our communication, the goal is to connect people who want to create a new world. So what I also hear is hope, that we're moving out of a place of I have to protect myself because someone bad can come do something to me Mm -hmm. to a more tolerant, welcoming, um, kind society. And future-oriented and based on opportunities to create that actually we have more innovations, more solutions, more creative initiatives on this planet right now than ever before in human history. And I think one of the greatest things that Mark and I are doing and others like us is connecting that which is already working and have the new news being what's working rather than what's not working. <laughs> and, Barbara, you've yeah, been no. talking about this for now probably a decade, back when you were <laughs> working with Robin Lincoln Wood and I forget the name of the center. Um, in Parpignan, France. Right. The, the they that, Mark. <laughs> Go ahead. No, please, please, please. I'm, I'm just listening here. <laughs> well, that, that you have been an advocate for focusing on what we're creating rather than attending to what's not working. Yes. I, I have been, and because we're also just put in the context, we're living in an evolutionary shift point on planet Earth. It's a crisis of evolution, not just personal agendas. The evolution is an amazing reality that if in a certain short time frame we do not change our behavior pattern, we can lose our life support system. Meaning that everyone, like Mark and myself and you by the millions, that is innately attracted to greater co-creation, greater uh, innovation, greater expression, 
expression of love, love and creativity. We are the people being called forth by evolution. And I think the greatest thing that we're doing, along with responding to this, developing the source code of our culture, is creating context for collaboration and creativity of those who are already moving in a positive direction. And, and I think I think we we need to you know I think that's so true and you know I I, I always think about you know Martin Niemöller, you know uh, Marine and Barbara who was a great German theologian, right? Who in 1946, you know, writes a very famous speech about you know why they didn't oppose Hitler early on, you know, and and when I say Hitler, I mean it's why don't we all oppose you know failures of justice? Why don't we all oppose you know? You know, you know, inappropriate jihad. Why don't we all? And, and he writes very beautifully. He writes, you know, first they came for the socialists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. So, you know, mm-hmm. Maureen, when you speak so beautifully about, you know, moving past this place of what am I going to do to keep safe? Right? There's this, you know, ethic, which is the old ethic, which is, you know, love means I love myself, you know, if I've worked that out, you know, and, and, and the few people that help me to survive. And as long as that's what love means, we're not going to actually create, right, the kind of democracy, right, that we actually need that's going to be powerful, bottom-up, and able to address the real issues that need addressing. Right? We need actually to have a democracy where there's an evolution of love where I care beyond my immediate circle, where I'm not just protecting, right? In other words, when I live my life just protecting, then I die safe, comfortably numb, never having tasted the experience of being alive, right? the aliveness of integrity, right? the delight of taking a stand, right? the delight of knowing that I've lived a life well-lived. Right? And so at some point we need to move beyond, right? I'm going to be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, figure out my strategies for being safe, and it's all about success in the most narrow sense of success. We need a new vision of success. And a new vision of success says not only I'm successful, but we're successful. And we actually rise together. And we actually experience that. You know, I'll just give, leave you with you know, one image. You know, I have um, a couple of close friends, and I know their parents very well, who fought in um, World War II, who are now, you know, 90. You know, they're kind of, you know... You know, they're in that generation. And they, you know, three of them, and they all report that what they most miss in the world was actually their days fighting. And none of them like to fight. They hate fighting. They're all pacifists. But what, what do they miss? They miss the sense of being in a unit of other men where everybody was looking out for each other, where everyone was, had each other's back, you know, when everyone was, was connected, when you actually realized that real things were at stake. Right? And they had a sense of belonging and aliveness and goodness in that time. They say they were never able to repeat. You know, Barbara, you always talk about not having a war room, but having a peace room. Right. What would it look like? Right? What would it look like for us to actually experience that in our society? Right? And, there's, and there's no demons here. You know, and I'm sure that the people that organized the smear campaign, at least a couple of them, had the best intention. I don't want to demonize them either. Right? They also got caught up. Right? And it's not about being right. Right? It's not about accusing. Right? It's not about, you know, it's about actually all of us finding a way to give up being right, to climb down the tree together, and to actually model what does transformation mean 
right, in a sacred society. Right? So what does transformation mean? Yeah. So let's go to break and come back with that question of what does transformation mean? And because we're in the midst of a change, how do I live in both worlds? Because I would love to jump into the perfect world in the future, and yet I still inhabit this current one. And so there's an interesting balancing act. So we will be right back with Barbara Marks Hubbard and Mark Gaffney. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We're with... Barbara Marks Hubbard and Dr. Mark Gaffney talking about the transformation that's happening in our society right now, the evolution, and the idea that as we evolve forward, we're also having to consolidate what is remaining behind us, and that means that some of us are evolving at a rate more quick and others are not. And so how do we kind of consolidate people into this next phase of democracy, next phase of living on the earth, and create fewer factions and more peace, Barbara. Well, I I have suggestions. These are very powerful movements that are growing. One is called the planetary mission to connect creators worldwide through a unique self-symphony. In other words, we're saying... The time has come to create a new context for everybody who would like to join to create from every culture and every nation. 
and Mark Gaffney and I and a large group of people <clears throat> are working to offer this major Internet and high-technology creators here with us create a new nervous system to pick up the positive. That's number one. And that's happening, so I would like anyone who's interested and just contact Mark Gaffney and myself, and we'll, we'll put them onto this wonderful movement. The second thing is everyone is invited to join a free Saturday church. It's an evolutionary church. And we're reclaiming the idea of church as a sacred space of evolutionary potential and love and spirit for all of us to gain the source of, of creation and then go out towards a politics of greater love. So Saturday, every morning, 9 a.m. Pacific, is the evolutionary church of co-creation. We, we invite you to join. I turn this to you, Mark, as to what you think people should do. No, that's a great invitation. And you can actually go to the Foundation for Conscious Evolution. That's the Foundation for Conscious Evolution. Or to the Center for Integral Wisdom, right, to find information on Evolutionary Church. And we would love to see you there. And, and in general, you know, Maureen, you know, what we're committed to is we're committed to creating a better tomorrow. And to do that, we want to be able to tell a story right, that actually, right, talks about the role of entrepreneurship, right, the role of business, right, the role of innovation, right, as part of, right, the new unfolding of spirit tomorrow. And it's an exciting moment. And it's a moment where that which unites us is so much greater than that which divides us. And so we want to have the hard conversations. We want to have the real conversations, right, and we want to actually empower ourselves, right, as citizens, out of this new emergent vision of an informed democracy where we're actually empowered and totally in. So I hear a spiritual element, but I also hear for our hardcore business folks that a major thread in this evolution is business and innovation, and through them we solve some of the world's biggest problems, certainly with the underpinning of love irrespective of what faith or denomination anyone belongs to or yeah. believes in. Or no, yeah, no yeah. denomination. True. Both Mark and I are interested in the concept of uh, <clears throat> evolutionary entrepreneurship so that some of the most creative people on this earth are creative entrepreneurs that are changing our culture radically. And the wisdom of creative entrepreneurship can also go down to local entrepreneurship so that as jobs disappear, we, we facilitate people joining together as local entrepreneurs to find out what they actually want to create that is of service. And I think there is an uprising out of conscious business and creative entrepreneurship here, a new mode of participating in the economy as old jobs fall away. And it might be true that the old jobs were just mechanical and root, routine is better done by machines. So to liberate the people to be creative entrepreneurs to do the work that's needed. Well, and, and yeah. you bring up a point that I have been concerned about, that this idea of automation and the singularity and, and moving toward a lot of things being done by artificial intelligence in the future there are precious human beings who won't be employable in the way they were in the past. The jobs won't exist. 
and so it seems incumbent upon all of us as we're traveling through um, through this evolution that we participate in solving some of these big problems. Yeah, right. That, 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 there, there actually is an incentive for a better way of employment through self-development and self-entrepreneurship. <coughs> really? I mean, I mean a, a basic shift in identity, you know, where a person realizes, you know, and that what, the, reason, the reason there was so much support in particular ways for Donald Trump is because we ignored, we being, you know, the kind of, I would call it the evolutionary world, right, the spiritual world, right, of the, of the liberal left ignored, you know, millions and millions of men, right, who were becoming disenfranchised, right, in Central America, right, Central America being the center of America and the heartland, with lost manufacturing jobs, et cetera, and whose sense of identity was fundamentally challenged by that loss, right, but everyone else felt secure. Well, that's the Martin Niemöller story, right, that we just talked about in the last segment. Actually, within 30 years, right, everybody might be losing their jobs, right? In other words, the notion of job as we understand it will be fundamentally different in the world. So we actually have to shift our essential sense of identity, and our sense of identity has got to be rooted in, one, a sense of our uniqueness, and my uniqueness allows me to make a unique contribution. It's my puzzle piece nature, my uniqueness that connects me to a larger story, and my sense of entrepreneurship. Actually, every human being is a unique self, and every human being is an entrepreneur. Right? And I begin to approach my life in that way, and I begin to reclaim the sense of purpose and contribution without which my entire sense of self right, dissolves. So there's a fundamental shift in identity, which will then affect our, our sense of who we are as entrepreneurs, as unique selves, and as contributors. And it's entrepreneurship in that sense that will save the world. Yeah. Go ahead, Barbara. I like the word free enterprise, but, you know, that's a traditional value of, of our country and our culture, and it looks like free cooperative entrepreneurship uh, it will, be, will be rising again, and instead of feeling that men should be tied to jobs that are less creative than they are, our effort should be how to train ourselves what we can best create that is most needed and that has an entrepreneurial uh, capability of serving others uh, by far more creative approach. So I think this is rising up now, particularly among the millennials who are working in that direction just by their very nature. They're not wanting to go into the old system. And people who are, I'd like to take a word for the elder community like myself. My age no longer is relevant because I'm participating through my own unique creativity in the evolution of our culture. And that's the call to the elders as well here. You're needed to give your very most great wisdom, and when you do that, you know what happens? You start getting newer <laughs> instead of older. <clears throat> There's a big health benefit in here, which is working Amen. for life purpose. And one of Mark Gaffney's strongest points is the quality of the unique self that each of us is as an expression of an evolutionary impulse. And when you say yes to unique self, say yes to unique creative expression in the world needed by reality. Now, there's a big philosophical basis of what we all believe is true. 
Thank you, Barbara. I'm going to uh, bring us to a close right now. I love how you're ending that elders have a role, we all have a role, that we each have a unique contribution and all of them are required. It is not ours to sit on the sideline. It is ours to jump in as frightening as it seems some days when I don't want to get out of bed. I have a (laughs) contribution and I need to get up and do it. And Uh I assume we all have those days that it would be easier to let someone else. So... As we end, I invite all of our listeners, I realize this was a slightly different show than we typically do, but think about how our society is changing. What is your unique contribution and how do you participate? Please think about researching, looking into identifying your next step to bring about this shift while you stay in, for many of us, traditional jobs paying the bills and yet we still get to contribute to what we're bringing forth in the world. Barbara and Mark, if you could share uh, contact information for your websites. Yes, you can find us at centerforintegralwisdom.com, right? And you can find info at Center for Integral Wisdom to find us, or you can email me directly at rmgoffney at gmail.com, rmgoffney at gmail.com. And Barbara... Yes, I think the best thing is to email me directly at bmh at org, And then I'll shift you to which one of these projects you are interested in. BMH BMH at evolve.org. Thank you both. I am delighted that you could join us. I hope our listeners are able to connect with you and participate in ways that they can uniquely contribute to moving us forward rather than playing into the society of fear. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maureen. Thank you, Maureen. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.